your Locked on the New York Rangers, your daily podcast on the New York Rangers. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 438 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. Thank you guys once again for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen of the day. That song you were hearing right now is, of course, Leave the Lights On from our good friends in Pacifier. You can check those guys out anywhere you get your music. And today, we got to break down the Rangers' first win of the preseason. They even their record at 1-1 one one with a solid 3-2 win against the Boston Bruins last night. And something that I realized that I didn't really do, at least not in great detail, in the last episode was go through the line combinations and the defense pairings. I suppose it's the preseason for everyone, me included. Uh, so we'll go ahead and we'll start with that here for anybody who might have missed the game or just needs a little bit of a refresher as far as who was playing with who last night. Uh, the Rangers basically just played everybody who did not play in the game prior. The lone exception, I think the only Ranger to play in both of these first two preseason games here was actually Anthony Boteto, and he ended up scoring a goal in this game. We'll get to that in a little bit. But as far as the line combinations go, uh, you've got the top line of Ryan Strom centering Artemi Panarin and Capo Caco. They will, in all likelihood, be the Rangers' second line when the season begins. The second line last night was what will probably be the Rangers' fourth line when the puck drops on opening night, and that is Kevin Rooney centering Sammy Blay and Ryan Reeves. Blay and Reeves, of course, new to the Rangers, uh, able to make their first impressions last night, and I thought both of them uh, played a pretty good game, gave you pretty much what you would expect from a Sammy Blay and from a Ryan Reeves in this game last night, and looking forward to seeing what that line can do when they line up once again in all likelihood as the Ranger fourth line on opening night. You then had a third line last night of Greg McKaig centering first-rounder Brennan Othman and Johnny Brodzinski. Brodzinski got into a handful of games with the Rangers last season. McKaig now in his second stint with the New York Rangers after playing, uh, I believe, five games for the Bruins uh, this past season. So that's your third line in this game. I think probably all those guys, for varying reasons, are facing quite the uphill battle to make this opening night roster. And we'll talk about that a little bit in due time as well. But then you had a fourth line of Justin Richards, who made his NHL debut last season skated in one game with the Rangers and uh, had an assist in that game. He was centering Tim Gettinger, who we've seen kind of come up and down, you know, between the NHL and the AHL over these past couple of seasons. Obviously, he spent more time in the AHL than the NHL and once again is facing an uphill battle to make this team. Uh, but you had Richards with Gettinger and uh, Laurie Pajuniemi. I, I believe I'm saying that correctly. I'm going off of Sam Rosen's pronunciation last night. I was saying Pajuniemi. It sounds like it's Pajuniemi, who actually had a pretty nice game. He was out there on the power play and... Um, you know, was involved in a couple of pretty high dangerous scoring opportunities for the Rangers. He almost scored on two different occasions and almost set up his teammate Othman for a goal on another occasion. And all that happened within a minute of each other. So uh, Peggy Niemi with a really strong shift toward the end of the game uh, last night. And then as far as the defense pairings go, you've got Keandre Miller and Jacob Truba. I think you could pretty much pencil them in as the Rangers' second pairing on opening night likely behind Adam Fox and Ryan Lindgren. But as for this game, the second defense pairing was Zach Jones and Braden Schneider. I thought both those guys looked really good last night. Uh, Zach Jones looks really confident when he's got the puck. And this is something that I picked up on last season. You know, obviously he played a handful of games with the Rangers last year. I believe it was 10 games. Uh, kind of an offensive defenseman, but somebody who can certainly hold his own in his own end as well. And then Braden Schneider, 
the second of two first-round picks that the Rangers had last year. Of course, the first one was Alexi Lafreniere. Uh, but Schneider, you know, he appears as advertised as well. Somebody who, by all accounts, is a very safe floor and somebody who should, sooner or later, sought into a top-four role on an NHL team. We'll see if that ends up happening for the Rangers at some point this season or next season. I would say Schneider, as well as Zach Jones, uh, probably both facing an uphill battle to make the opening night roster this year, although certainly not out of the question if Schneider continues to impress, then maybe he uh, somehow makes it onto the opening night roster. And Zach Jones, listen, I mean, it sounds like Nils Lundqvist is considered the favorite for that sixth and final defense in spot, but Zach Jones played well last season. He played well last night in addition to that, and so I think he's got a chance, and we'll keep our eye on that. It's going to be a very intriguing battle to uh, see play out throughout the rest of training camp here, throughout the rest of the preseason, as far as which Ranger defenseman claims that sixth and final spot on opening night. And then as far as uh, some roster long shots, you can look at the uh, third defense pairing that we had last night. That was Libor Hayek and Anthony Potato. And it's funny because, you know, there's players in this roster, defensemen and forwards alike, who may have played a decent amount of games for the Rangers last year. I believe Boteto played about 14 games with the Rangers. Hayek played more than half of the games with the Rangers last season. And then you've got guys like Tim Gettinger. You know, like we said, he's kind of bounced between the AHL and the NHL. Uh, Johnny Brodzinski played a couple of games last season with the Rangers. Justin Richards got up in the end. And there were some guys the other night that fit this description as well, the guys that were in the lineup against the New York Islanders for the first game of the preseason. So many of these guys, despite getting some time with the Rangers last season, are facing such an uphill battle. I mean, it seems like, it, like for Anthony, Potato, for example, he scored a goal last night, and it still seems like it's nearly impossible for him to crack the opening night roster. Never say never. You never know how this can shake out or what might happen, but yeah, it's just very interesting to see. You know, some guys that we saw play some important games for the Rangers last season, certainly on the outside looking in this season, but uh, that's pretty much the uh, line combinations, and you know, the Rangers, like we said, they got their first win 3-2. All five of the goals are scored in the second period. Make of that what you will. It must be said, before we go any further here, that the Boston Bruins did not exactly go with their A lineup last night. I mean, I don't think I had really heard of more than like maybe five or six players at the most on this Boston Bruins lineup last night. Uh, I had heard of everybody on the first line. I know about Olmark. Obviously, he was the goalie for the Sabres last season, and the Bruins brought him in. And, uh, you know, I recognize John Moore as well from his time with the New York Rangers. He was there when the Rangers went to the Stanley Cup Finals in 2014. But besides that, it's basically a bunch of people you'd never heard of. Now, of course, the Rangers didn't go with their A lineup either. But I would say that the Rangers probably had more guys out there last night that will be in their opening night lineup than the Bruins did. So, you know, I guess you could grade on a little bit of a curve, but either way, you know, the Rangers looked good last night. There were a lot of positives to take out of this game, and uh, we will get to all of those in just a second here. But first, I just wanted to let you guys know that today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by DirecTV. Does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows, you're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friend's login for the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It is called Direct TV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part? There is no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. 
And today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is also brought to you by Built Bar. Did you know that Built Bar has so many delicious flavors? There is something for everyone. When you talk to a Built Bar fan, they're definitely passionate about their favorites. If you don't know the Built Bar flavors, well, you're missing out. You got coconut, cherry barcia, raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry, orange, cookies and cream, and German chocolate. You know what my favorite flavor is? It is mint brownie because brownies are awesome and these are actually healthy. If you haven't tried all the flavors, you can get a mix box where you get two of each of the nine flavors. Not only are Built Bar flavors the best tasting, but they're healthy too. Check out the macros. 17 to 18 grams of protein, calories ranging from 130 to 180, only 4 to 5 grams of sugar, and only 4 to 5 grams of net carbs. Amazing flavors, all tasty, all healthy. Go to Built.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. And so I really don't think we should go a minute further without talking about some of the uh, physicality that was on display from the New York Rangers last night. I know going into this offseason, the Rangers did what a lot of fans were hoping they would do, and they went out and they added some size and some strength and some toughness, all that good stuff. And we saw the Rangers' fourth line in action in this game last night. Of course, they were serving as the second line last night, but when the regular season starts, they will be the fourth line, Rooney, Blay, and Reeves. And it must be said, the Rangers went out there and they outhit this Boston Bruins team 37 to 20. So they had quite the edge there in the physicality department, which is what the Rangers want. Certainly, when you look at the moves that the front office made this offseason, that's what they envision for this team. Uh, to give you guys some of the leaders for the Rangers, as far as uh, most hits is concerned, you had Sammy Blay. I mean, he was basically just a wrecking ball out there. Eight hits on the night. Blay had an interesting night because not only was he dishing out the physicality, he also saw a pretty good amount of time on the Ranger power play. Now, part of the reason for that, once again, is that the Ranger roster is almost kind of split in half right now. You know, nobody on the Zibanejad line played last night. Nobody on the Filipino line played last night. And so obviously you have to fill up these power play units somehow. But it was interesting to see him uh, get so much run on the man advantage in addition to going out there and doing what he does best. And that's throwing his weight around, delivering some big time hits. He had eight hits. There was a shift in the third period, I believe it was, where I think he got three hits in the same shift. He got at least two. I don't know if the third one was scored as a hit. You know, there wasn't, it wasn't really like a, a solid contact on the play. He kind of just brushed against the guy. By the letter of the law, you could call it a hit or maybe not call it a hit. I'm not sure that one could kind of go either way, but you get the idea. Play was out there, uh, once again, doing what he does best, throwing his weight around and delivering some hits. And speaking of guys who played physical, we'll move away from that fourth line for just a second here. And we'll talk about Braden Schneider. I talked about in the intro how he really impressed me last night. This guy, Looks like a ready-made NHL defenseman. Now, of course, it could look a little bit different if he was going up against the Boston Bruins A lineup, and he's got to deal with the perfection line and all their other, you know, top players. But he looked really, really sure of himself last night. Uh, somebody who was always in great position and played very, very physical. He was second on the Rangers last night with seven hits, also blocked three shots while being on the ice for 19 minutes and 20 seconds. And Got some extended run on the penalty kill. Braden Schneider was out there for 2 minutes and 56 seconds while the Rangers were shorthanded. So they're giving him every opportunity that they can to uh, put his best foot forward. And it really does seem like it could be an open competition for that sixth and final defenseman spot. If I had to bet on it, I would say Schneider is not out there on opening night. But certainly he deserves every opportunity to compete for that job. And then after that, I mean, you had a couple of Rangers with three hits each. Tim Gettinger and uh, Ryan Reeves had three hits as well. And uh, Anthony Potato had three hits. Kevin Rooney had two hits. So if you look at that fourth line, once again, Rooney, Reeves, and Blay, 
They combined for 13 hits on the night, eight of them going to Sammy Blay, and that's what the Rangers are going to need. That's what they're looking for, for the, from that line, and sign me up. It, it should be a lot of fun to watch this season now that the Rangers finally have, you know, a fortified, true fourth line. You know, not just guys who are on the outside of the top nine looking in, and so they just throw them on the fourth line just because of that. No, actual fourth line players, and that's going to be a lot of fun to see this season. Uh, there was also a little bit of a skirmish. The first one of the game, and uh, basically, the Bruins took a shot. Igor Shesterkin made the save, freezes the puck, the whistle blows, and there's a little bit of a get-together, a little bit of a skirmish between Ke'Andre Miller, and I forget the name of the player of the Bruins. None of you have probably even heard of him anyway. Uh, again, the Bruins did not go with their A lineup. But they got together, and then who steps right in there for the Rangers? Well, that would be Ryan Reeves. You know, it was a little bit of a get-together. Nothing too nasty or crazy or anything like that, but Ryan Reeves, I mean, he's ready to go at the drop of a hat, and he's going to protect his players out there and, uh, you know, kind of be a little bit of a big brother to the K'Andre Millers of the world, the younger player, the younger players, excuse me, on this New York Ranger team. Uh, Kevin Rooney got in there as well. But again, just nice to see the Rangers looking out for each other the, the way that they have in each of these first two games. Because even against the Islanders, there were a couple instances, you know, we had that play where Philip Heedle was tripped into the boards and uh, Hunt and Kreider stepped in there immediately. So uh, just nice to know that these guys are going to have each other's back out there and uh, Ryan Reeves doing something that we all would expect him to do. Look out for his teammates and, you know, be the first one ready to go if it comes to that, if it comes to, you know, having to drop the gloves. Today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by betonline.ag. We are back and better than ever. All eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back to start another football season. As always, BetOnline is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. With a new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests, BetOnline.ag continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus. That's double your initial deposit just for signing up. Don't forget to use promo code NFL100. From football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online, the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, so we are about, let's see here, 15 minutes into this episode, and what have I not even talked about yet? Well, that would be Artemi Panarin, just having another night at the office, basically, a three-point performance. He had a hand in all three New York Ranger goals, assisting on the first two and scoring the third one, which turned out to be the game winner after the Bruins had come back and tied the game at two goals apiece. The Rangers went up 2 nothing. The Bruins tied it at 2. Panarin gets the game winner on a breakaway. Uh, but, you know, that's just it. That's just the thing, and it's something that I've kind of uh, mused about on here throughout the entire preseason is we don't really talk about Panarin that much in the preseason and really even at the starting parts of training camp here because we're focused on, you know, position battles and the players who are new to the Rangers and who's going to make this opening night roster, you know, stuff like that. With Artemi Panarin, you basically just take everything for granted. I mean, he is one of the absolute best players in the game and just an absolute pleasure to get to watch night in and night out. And even in a game here where, once again, he gets a goal and two assists, we're talking about other things, you know, guys who are trying to make this team and things like that. But by that same token, I think we got to go ahead, give the bread man his due here, and uh, we might as well just talk about all three of these goals that the Rangers scored rapid fire here for anybody who missed the game last night or anybody who might just want to be able to relive the goals. But uh, Panarin, he got the primary helper on each of the Rangers' first two goals. The first one was scored by Anthony Potato. So Panarin, 
nearly set up Kako for a goal. Panarin was up the center of the ice. He passed to his left to Kako, uh, misfired a little bit. It was kind of a tight window that Panarin was trying to fit the pass into, uh, but no worries because Panarin basically just goes over there, picks the puck back up, skates back toward the blue line, moves back up the left side along the boards there, and sends a beautiful backhand cross ice pass to Anthony Potato, and Potato scores from the doorstep. Uh, cool to see Potato score here. He uh, had one of the most beautiful Ranger goals last season. I don't know if you guys remember it, but he basically had the puck and skated around the entire attacking zone. I mean, that's basically the long and short of it. And then finally scored from the doorstep. I mean, he had possession of the puck forever on that play last season. Uh, despite this goal, Potato obviously facing an uphill battle to make this team, but I suppose crazier things have happened. I see him as kind of like uh, veteran insurance. If there's a situation where the Rangers have some injuries or some ineffectiveness, whatever it might be, uh, the Rangers probably feel like they can slot Anthony Potato into the lineup on any given night, and hopefully, you know, he just plays solid hockey. I don't think there's much of a ceiling to speak of when it comes to Potato, but you get the idea. Somebody, just a veteran you can put in there uh, for a couple game stretch, and hopefully, you know, he at least just holds down the fort back there, uh, likely on the Ranger third defense pairing. But then, you know, Panarin, just about four minutes later, not even four minutes later, uh, we mentioned just a second ago, he tried to link up with Kako on the first goal. This time, the Breadman and Kako make it happen. And actually, before kind of describing this goal, I should also mention the fact that Capo Caco got the secondary assist on the first goal. So Caco also had a hand in each of the first two Ranger goals. He ended up being the second star of the night with a goal and an assist. Panarin was the top star, once again, with the three points. But on this goal, the goal that made it 2 to nothing Rangers, uh, you've got an offensive zone draw, and Ryan Strom gets a clean face-off win. I have gone on and on about on this podcast about how... Face-off wins is a criminally underrated stat, and in fact, we saw both the Rangers and the Bruins score a goal in this game off of a clean face-off win. I realize it's just the second game of the preseason. It's obviously a small sample size, but I will never back down from that. I will die on that hill. The face-off wins are absolutely critical in this league, and we saw Ryan Strom win this one clean. Strom, like a lot of Rangers, struggled on the dot last season. Hopefully, he can turn it around and at least get close to 50% this season. I believe he was around like 43% or so, 43, 45 something like that. We want to get him at least a little bit closer to 50 where you feel like he's got a good chance, a decent chance of winning the draw. But he won this one. It goes back to his right and the faceoff was in the left faceoff circle. So he wins it toward the center of the ice to Zach Jones. Jones immediately dishes to his left to Panarin and Panarin from the top of the left faceoff circle basically just lets it fly. Uh, a little bit of a follow the bouncing puck kind of a play here, but it goes toward the net. It starts to fall uh, on the side of the crease on the opposite side of the net, but Kako was there, and the puck never actually hit the ice. Kako just batted it out of the air into the net, gives the Rangers a 2 to nothing lead there. So uh, obviously a beautiful goal for the Rangers and all set up by an offensive zone face-off win. It's absolutely enormous. And then for the third goal, we're getting toward the end of the second period here. In fact, the goal came with exactly one minute remaining in the second period. Uh, Artemi Panarin basically got a breakaway out of nowhere. You know, the puck was along the boards in the neutral zone and Keandre Miller worked it toward the center of the ice. Panarin just kind of got lost. He got lost in the shuffle. The uh, Bruins lost track of him and you obviously cannot do that. Panarin Aaron goes in uncontested, scores the goal, makes it three to two Rangers. And, you know, he goes in and it's just, it's just picture perfect stuff right here. I mean, Panarin, he's all alone with the goalie. He delays a little bit and then he unleashes a shot that's in the back of the net in the blink of an eye here. Uh, he put the puck over the pad, under the glove and just inside the near post. You really can't do it any better. And indeed it was Keandre Miller who got the lone assist on this goal. I think this is also as good a time as any to kind of shift our focus from, uh, well, Panarin in this case, because obviously he had a, a big night here getting the three points. 
But we got to take a look at the New York Ranger net miners. I thought Igor Shesterkin and Tyler Wall both turned in very, very strong performances for the New York Rangers in this one. Igor Shesterkin stops 11 out of 12 shots. Tyler Wall stops 15 out of 16. And both of them made some difficult saves. And, you know, the Bruins had five power play opportunities. So did the Rangers, and both teams went 0 for 5 on the man advantage. But there was at least one power play, I believe this was in the third period, where the Bruins had some chances. You know, it was the only power play of the night where I thought the Bruins actually looked good, actually looked dangerous, but Tyler Wall was up to the challenge, kept the puck out of the net, and uh, kept the Rangers in front for what turned out to be a scoreless third period. So that was obviously big as well, and that leads us kind of nicely into something else that I wanted to talk about, and that is the Ranger penalty kill unit. We saw some interesting choices in the preseason opener as far as who was playing on the penalty kill. We saw Alexi Lafreniere out there. Uh, we saw Mika out there. Mika's not surprising. We saw him on the penalty kill last season. Uh, but Kreider was out there a little bit. And then in this game last night, we saw Capo Caco get a little bit of run on the penalty kill. And the little bit that he was out there, I thought he actually looked pretty good. Going to be very, very interesting to see how the Rangers line up on the penalty kill when the season begins because... Right now, we're kind of all left to wonder if this is the real deal or not. Is Capo Caco really being considered for the penalty kill this season? Is Alexi Lafreniere really being considered for the penalty kill this season? What about Ryan Strom? Strom was out there on the PK last night as well. Uh, are they being given serious consideration, or are they just out there because, you know, it doesn't hurt to have these guys work on it, and if there's ever a situation in the regular season where guys are injured and they need people to step in there on the PK, that you have some of these guys ready to go, or is it also a case of the Rangers in these preseason games not having their entire A roster out there, and so, you know, you have to fill up the penalty kill with somebody, so what the hey, let's just throw Kako and Lafreniere and Strom and Kreider out there. It's an interesting question and something that I'm definitely going to be looking forward to seeing when the season begins because we've been surprised by the Rangers in the past. I realize it's a new coaching staff this season, but last year, I don't think too many of us had Buchnevich and Mika penciled in as top penalty killers for this team, and yet there they were, and they both excelled in that role and even created a little bit of offense while shorthanded. So yeah, very, very interesting storyline to keep track of moving forward. We'll see how it goes. But while we're talking about special teams, we might as well shift our attention here to the power play unit for the Rangers. The Rangers, for the most part, as far as what I could see at least, the Rangers were going with a top power play unit last night of Keandre Miller, Capo Caco, Artemi Panarin, Sammy Blay, and Ryan Strom. And, you know, it wasn't a great night for the Ranger power play, not by a long shot. They were 0 for 5, as were the Bruins, although really you could say that each team was 0 for 4 because both of these teams had a power play that lasted a grand total of 6 seconds, so I think you can pretty much just discard that one and say that both teams basically went 0 for 4. Uh, you know, the Rangers, there weren't really that many A-plus scoring opportunities with the lone exception of a power play that they got in the third period. We'll get to that in just a second. Overall, I thought they did a nice job at least maintaining possession, setting up shop, but didn't really come as close to scoring on most of these main advantages as we would like to see. Although it must be said that I don't think when the season starts, you're going to see Ke'Andre Miller or Simi Blay on the top power play unit. And obviously, you know, ho hopefully there's a game where the Rangers roll with all of their top six forwards in that game, in the preseason, and you can go with the A-plus top power play unit of Mika, Strom, Kreider, Panarin, and Fox. We, we want to see them in action at some point in this preseason and let them kind of rediscover uh, that, that chemistry that they have that made them such a dangerous unit last season. But 
I do want to talk about this. In the third period, Rangers are up 3-2, to two, looking to build on the lead. They get a 5-on-3 advantage for a minute and 42 seconds, and they go with that line that I just discussed. Miller, Kako, Panarin, Blaze, Strom, and eventually... Payuniemi gets onto the ice, and he had, like we said in the intro, a bunch of scoring opportunities here and really displayed a very, very impressive shot. He had just a howitzer of a shot from the top of the left face-off circle, uh, just absolutely blasted it off the post. The goalie was beat. He had no chance of stopping it. The play continues, and just a few seconds later, Payuniemi gets the puck again, and this time, instead of shooting, he's, he's still in that left face-off circle there, Artemi Panarin real estate, if you will, but he passes across the ice to Brennan Othman, and Othman just kind of fanned on his shot, Othman getting his first taste of Ranger hockey. Of course, he was the Rangers' first-round draft pick this season. And then one last chance for Payu Niemi before the power play expires here. Once again, he's in the left circle, takes a really quick shot, uh, turned aside on a very nice save, a sliding save by the Boston goalie. But uh, Payu Niemi, once again, showing well for himself here. Again, one of those guys that is a tremendous long shot to make this opening night roster, especially when you consider the fact that the Rangers want to go with true fourth liners on their fourth line. At least that seems like it's the plan, and it certainly seems like it's going to be Rooney, Blay, and, and Reeves out there on opening night. That limits Payuniemi's chances of making this team, I suppose, never say never. But either way, uh, if Payuniemi keeps playing like this, keeps creating scoring opportunities the way that he did last night, then he will certainly improve his standing in this Ranger organization and somebody that you could be seeing maybe a little bit ahead of schedule, somebody that could end up making uh, his debut on the Rangers at some point this season, at some point next season, and that's not too shabby for somebody that the Rangers took just a couple of years ago in the fifth round. He went number 132 overall to the Rangers back in 2018 to be exact. And then just one other thing that I absolutely must call attention to here before we call it a day, and that is the hit that Jacob Truba laid on his man, in the third period. So basically, Steen has the puck for the Bruins, and he's looking to dump it into the Rangers zone. But to do that, obviously, he's got to gain the red line to avoid a potential icing call. And he is able to do that. He gets over the red line and dumps the puck. But just as this happens, Jacob Truba is there to meet him. He absolutely made Steen pay for this and uh, just crushed him. I mean, shoulder into chest, clean as a whistle, uh, put him right into the boards. The biggest hit of the night. Truba only had two hits. There were a lot of Rangers who had a couple more hits than he did, or quite a few in the case of guys like Sammy Blay and Braden Schneider. But... I mean, this was quality over quantity. This is the definition of quality over quantity. Uh, just a bone-jarring hit. And like I said, clean as can be. And uh, that's what Jacob Truba brings to the table. It's good to see him back. I think the Rangers really missed him uh, down the stretch this past season. Uh, but that will pretty much do it for today, guys. If you are listening to this podcast and you listen to our recap of the Ranger game against the Islanders, I think you'll probably notice uh, a little bit of a difference between the two episodes. This episode, we did a little bit more kind of like talking points and analysis, whereas the other episode, the game against the Islanders, we kind of did a little bit more play-by-play. You guys let me know. It's completely up to you because I can do either or. I think, obviously, I want to find the right mix of both, you know, play-by-play versus analysis and talking points, but I also realize not everybody can uh, see the game. So in that case, those people might want you know, play-by-play, uh, recap in that way. Or, you know, there might be a case where people, some people who listen to this show are watching every single game and they might not need the play-by-play and they might want to get into some talking points too. Like I said, very delicate balance, but I'll obviously listen to some feedback. If anybody wants to reach out to me, you can let me know uh, which one you prefer. Anytime I do this, it's always like an exact 50-50 split. So uh, we'll, we'll see how it goes this time around. But yeah, that'll pretty much do it for today, guys. Uh, just some other notes from the Rangers. Before last night's game against the Bruins, the Rangers announced that Austin Ruchev, uh, Tarmo Reunanen, and Tanner Fritz were all sent to the Hartford Wolfpack. 
Rayunin played a handful of games with the Rangers this past season. He had four to be exact. And uh, after the game last night, it was announced that Justin Richards is also being sent to the AHL Hartford Wolfpack. Richards played in that one game for the Rangers near the end of last season, got his first career point and assist. Uh, he also played 20 games for the Wolfpack last year, scored four goals, had seven assists. He is 23 years old. And, you know, something that we talked about a little bit earlier in this episode that's, you know, kind of interesting to me is that there are so many players that are gunning for a spot on this opening night roster who played at least a couple of games with the Rangers last season and are facing tremendous uphill battles to make this team. Justin Richards is obviously one of them, and uh, it is now official. He will start the season in the AHL. But we'll keep our eye on everything else that happens. Obviously, the Rangers are going to have to continue trimming this roster. The only other thing I wanted to point to as far as last night's game is concerned, the Rangers once again a strong night in the face-off circle. We talked about how important that is. The Rangers won 56% of the draws against the Bruins, a team, a Bruins team that was, I believe, first in the NHL last year in face-off success rate. And obviously, once again, they did not go with many of their heavy hitters, their star players last night, but still nice to see the Rangers having some early success in an area where they struggled so mightily last season. Uh, but yeah, that's it for today. We will have part two of our interview with AJ Galante tomorrow. If you missed that, we had part one last week. AJ was the 17-year-old general manager of the short-lived Danbury Trashers. There was a recent Netflix documentary about the Trashers, uh, so I recommend uh, the episode of Locked On Rangers as well as the documentary itself. Go check that out if you have time. And then Friday, I'm thinking we're going to make that our next Ranger Captain special episode because it's something that we've been talking about from time to time throughout the history of this podcast. Who's going to be the next Ranger Captain? Who's going to be the next Ranger Captain? And it sounds like it's getting to be pretty imminent here. I get the feeling the Rangers will name one before the regular season starts, and so obviously we want to talk about it, talk about all the candidates before the announcement is made, and we'll look to do that on Friday. And yeah, that, that'll do it for today. Once again, if you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well, at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. And uh, once again, thank you guys for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen of the day, and I'll see you next time. Betting on the NHL doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Locked On Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow the Locked On Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get your podcasts.